if I have done something, or if I have crossed the line, if I have whatever it is, intentionally or unintentional, then I need to know that I may say sorry. I need to make sure I tell you what I'm sorry for, because just the general, I am sorry, is mm-hmm. not enough. Right. You got to say, spell it out. But also, I have to know that doesn't mean that you're just going to say, okay, I figured right. you're good. Like you have the right to be expressive of like of being still upset about it. Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. And friend, we're here to help you get your shit together. I'm Eddie. And I'm Janelle. And we're the Copelands. We've got three daughters, two businesses, a mortgage, and lots of responsibilities. So just like you, we're struggling to find that perfect balance of ambitious go-getter hustle while still staying present, loving our kids, and working on our relationship. <laughs> and doing the laundry, going to the grocery store. Oh, and don't forget being mindful. Yeah, mindful all of the stuff. <laughs> So if you're juggling all the things, but you're also trying to get to the next level, guess what? You're in the right place. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast. I'm sorry, what is it? The Push Podcast. I'm Janelle. (laughs) And I'm Eddie. Yes. Uh, How's it going? It's going. It's okay. You have a what in the world? You sound like like you've got some things on your mind, some, some feelings. The thing is... I have a lot of what in the world's happened to me. And then by the time we sit to record them, I forget half of them. So <laughs> I know that a lot of things happened, but I just can't remember any. Do you have one? Um, I, I have a what in the world. We okay. waited four hours for uh, breakfast on Father's Day. They told us two to two and a half hours, which we were happy to wait because we're those type of people. We put our right. name down. We left. We went and had fun came back around the two hour mark. And then we were happy to wait 30 more minutes, which turned into another two hours. So total four hours, right? Right. And then we wound up having to split up our table. Here's (laughs) the great thing, which is one of the reasons why we're probably choosing today's topic today, which is about sorry, not sorry, how to apologize, right? right? right. The restaurant, I, I did take my phone. I Instagrammed our food because this restaurant that we wanted to go for, go to for Father's Day is a well-known restaurant in, in Los Angeles. We love it. We love the food. We're big fans. So we're willing to wait, right? Right. And so, you know, I was willing to wait probably even up to three hours, but when it hit the four hour mark and then we were like, how can we just eat? They split us up. So we didn't really get to enjoy Father's Day with you. But, you know, whatever. We're that type of people. We enjoyed the pancakes, whatever. So I Instagram like how amazing the food looks. And I said, you know, not happy about the four hour wait. But nonetheless, we finally got our food. That's literally what I said in the story. I wasn't bashing the restaurant or anything. They politely responded and said, we're so sorry for the wait. The next time you decide to come back, please show this to the manager and we're happy to bump you up to the front of the line. And I was like, okay, no excuses, no, hey, what happened? No, you know, nothing. They just owned it. Hey, we're going to do what we can to make it better. And I said, you know what? I really appreciate this. I know that the food industry is really struggling right now. I know that it's hard to find good help. I know you were understaffed. I know it was one of the busiest weekends of the year. I know that everybody and their mother loves your restaurant. So I just appreciate you reaching out. Right. Done. Big fans. We'll see you soon. Yeah. You know, that's how you handle it. And we're going to talk a little bit about how you handle because, you know, you, no one's perfect. Mm-hmm. You're going to make mistakes. And in this environment, in the cancel culture environment, like you've got to be really good at apologizing when you mess up. Right. But I do have a what in the world. Okay. You ready? I'm always ready. So as we were waiting for our tables, mm-hmm. like people consistently were, you know, were going back to the hostess asking Hovering how over. long, how mm-hmm. long, how long, right? And I think that they held it together pretty well because I think most places have been like, oh my God, like I just need to get away from this place. Right. But you know, it's interesting. I just want to know who the patrons need to get away or the host. The hostess. I'm just like the, she did a great she, job. She did a good job of like mm-hmm. keeping it together because I know the same people were going back, literally you know, camping over out and over by and the hostess because everybody had a consistent wait time, right? Mm-hmm. But there are some individuals that do not respect boundaries, oh, and I'm not talking about like psychological boundaries. I'm talking about like physical boundaries. This gentleman was like all behind the hostess station mm-hmm. asking his questions. Right. Like, 
when people do that, when they go like behind the curtain of places, it mm -hmm. bothers me. Yeah. Like, you know what? Know you're, your you don't belong here. Right. Right. What you in know, the world are you doing over here? Go back over there where all of the customers right. are at. Well, here's another boundary. One of the hostesses told us that one of the reasons why the wait was so long is because she said people got upset and they were tired of waiting. So they were starting to kind of stalk the, the parties. And when they saw the people get up from the table, they just sat their own yeah, party. They should be. They should be like what is it banned banned blacklisted. forever blacklisted forever so that's a boundary that i have a bigger problem than going behind like a oh yeah know. yeah for that, sure that was just wrong <laughs> that's wrong so if you did that on father's day and you set the example for your family that it was okay to kind of bogard your way because you felt that you were entitled to sit i hope down. you got food poisoning i said it honey i said it i tell I, everybody you're jesus like I just, i'm joking it, it won't kill you it just puts you out for a little bit. You just want them to have the runs. <laughs> yeah. You know what's funny is uh, people like claim food poisoning all the time. Mm -hmm. I have not had food poisoning since I was like a kid. And you it was I had to go, and I had to go to the doctor. Mm -hmm. Like so for you people who are listening to this and you say, Oh, I have food poisoning, you miss work, it's a lie. You mean like when you call into work and you yeah. say I can't come uh, in I can't today come in have food, food poisoning. poisoning? No, you didn't have food food poisoning, you gotta go to the doctor. Guess how many times in my life I've had food poisoning? Probably zero. Not none. Yeah. Yeah. Never. Yeah. You know, and, and you know how many people like often say, oh, I, I got food poisoning last week. Right. You, what are you eating? <laughs> like, what are you eating for you to like, oh, you have to be lying or you're eating off the floor. Right. Right. I know one person who had legitimate food poisoning and I don't even know if that's what it was. But do you remember Garrett Lee? He was one of my managers that worked for me. <laughs> yeah. At uh, Circuit City. Yeah. So we we're going through like the holiday season. He was one of the leaders and he's like, I can't come in. I'm like, bro, get your ass in here. Like right. it's holiday season. He goes, you don't understand. I'm in the hospital. I'm super sick. I went to Del Taco, got really sick. It's I always Del Taco. have food poisoning, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And I was like, okay, shake it off. Like when, you know, when will <laughs> Take you come? Take a Tylenol. And he's like, Janelle, it was fecal matter poisoning. <laughs> and I was like, I'm sorry, what does that mean? I mean, I know what the word means. And yeah. he's like, basically one of the Del Taco employees took a crap, didn't wash their hands, and prepared my food, and now it. it's in your digestive system. Oh, yeah, you deserve okay. <laughs> That's a what in the world. Uh, and so my last what in the world is this. What in the world we're going to do about a society now that we have to deal with bad breath? Because the what? masks are coming off, <gasps> and for about over a year, we have not smelled anyone's breath. Mm. And now we're gonna get to this place where you're gonna be able to smell people's breath again. Like I don't think people realize that, that like we have not smelled each other's breaths in a long time. Right. I have a big, but here's one of my big, big, big like pet peeves, if not fears, is like smelling other people's body odor. I, I definitely, <laughs> I you know, I have a problem with that. Right. Like, when when people are too far in my space and I can like smell your body odor. And I know that doesn't sound bad. So if I ever meet you in person, like, don't be afraid to hug me, whatever. But I mean, she's going like, to take a big whiff. Sh no, I'm not. That's the thing. You take, I, I watch no, you. Honey, I never your, take a your whiff. Your nostrils expand and you whiff. You're such an ass <laughs> that I do the opposite of that. Like I hold my breath, but I'll just tell you, this is a really, we're already talking about fecal matter. So I'm going to tell you something else disgusting. I hate going in like in a public place like we were this weekend for uh, the, at the restaurant, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a line to go to the restroom in the women's restroom. I hate with a passion going in right after someone has gone to the restroom. Okay. And like just I have to hold my breath. Like I just don't – I don't think we should smell each other. <laughs> it's just – it is a thing. I don't know. Now I sound weird because you're right. making me weird. But I just have a thing about smells. No, you I know, you. like I have yeah. a the nose of like a greyhound. I don't I know. know if they smell I well, but <laughs> I, I nose um, smells are really triggering. I for think greyhounds are fast. I think you're thinking. Well, you know like what I mean. A, yeah, uh, some type of hound. <laughs> <laughs> a hound dog. <laughs> a police dog, a canine. I don't know. But yeah, you know that that's like one of my, I'm the yeah. first to smell like something's burning. Yeah. There's water on. Like yeah. I could smell anything. I told you she takes whiffs. She's up. <laughs> somebody smells. Is yeah. it you? <laughs> what? You're what? right. I do do that with you guys, but not in a public setting. <laughs> there you go. So, so there. So uh, I don't think people are thinking about that, but I want to tell the world before they, and I'm sure by the time they hear this, they're going to be like, oh yeah, I, people's breath has been on my mind because I've been 
like not smelling it because everybody's got a mask on. So. So are you back to funky breath like with the people that you've been seeing? Um, pretty soon. Very, very soon we will not have we will be mm. able to just take whiffs of each other's breath. So you know the thing is you uh, have to carry. I mints. wonder how the gum industry has done with, carry mints with yeah. I bet that has been impacted. I mean, maybe as much as the lipstick industry was impacted. Yeah, that's I don't, an interesting I don't think tab. that was the case. So if you find yourself uh, in a situation where um, you've offended someone with your smell, um, how will you apologize? Because this episode is about sorry, not sorry. How I would they sorry. know if they offended someone with their breath? Because you don't normally know when you have bad breath. Well, you know, if you didn't brush your teeth in the morning, that you're probably going to be oh, struggling. God. That's right? so, so disgusting. And there are people I think I am sure there are people who start their day without a good, good old fashioned toothbrushing. Right. You think? I think so. <laughs> I mean, maybe there are exceptions. Like if you go camping, I would never. Right. I have to brush my teeth several times a day. But Right, right. But I think when people go camping, they think they're roughing it. A better episode would be for us to talk about, oh, this is my what in the world. Are you ready? I'm ready. People who wear their outside clothes inside their beds. On their beds. On their bed, in their bed, bed, all around That's their grody. bed. So, um, That's grody. yeah, I don't know. I feel like we're making ourselves sound really weird, but I have a cleanliness problem. Like, I, I will wake up in the morning, first thing, take a shower. I need to start my day I don't think you fresh. Have a problem, okay. Because I have that same. Well, all of our kids do it too, right? right? So, this is how we trained them. Then I will go maybe to the gym. I will come back. I will take another shower. But start my day. Perfectly normal. If I go out into the world, I'm running errands, go, you know. Day is just the wind is hitting you. Right. Dirt. I am not going yep. to come home and lounge around on my bed, not take a shower. I'm going to take a shower right before I get in my bed. So some of those people listening to this right now and they, they go through their day and they feel like changing their clothes before they get in the bed is enough. Um, the, the Copelands here in the Push Podcast are here to tell you it's not enough. You this is a shower. whole thing, though. There was like a whole conversation <laughs> on Instagram this week about your outside clothes. And so people think that we're clean freaks. And I'm just going to say like, I again, back to my <laughs> spidey senses, my smells, right? Yeah. I feel like when you come home from work, you don't stink at all, but you smell like the day. Right. You I smell always like say that. Like, do I tell everybody that? Oh, you smell like the day. Right. Like, meaning you and have been think, outside of the home. And I think people the are puzzled by that because they're like, what does the day smell like? It smells like you right now. What? <laughs> <laughs> but the day you did ask me that a long time ago. What does the day smell like? It smells like how you smell do, right now. I know what you do. Now, after <laughs> close to 17 years, I do understand what you mean by the okay. day. The day doesn't smell like the beginning. <laughs> it smells it like the end. Right. So, right. So when you start your day, because I shower. You know, get what I want to be fresh for my day. There's a certain smell. You hugged me this morning. You said, "Oh, honey, you smell good." That's because I just got out of the shower. Right. I'm clean. The clothes that I'm wearing are clean. By the end of the day, if I smell exactly the same, that's impressive. But, but it's, it's not impossible. Right. Yeah, you're right. running around. You're walking. Walking you're in outside. The wind, you you know? may sweat just a tad bit, right? In different moments, especially yeah. in the summer. Right. There's no way you should be getting your sweaty ass in your bed. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I, I deeply apologize if this is offending you because if you are a sweaty person and you get your sweaty self in your bed, I think you're violating your bed. I think so. I think too. your bed's a I think you after off the a day of work, particularly if you have been out <laughs> at sweating, you've had at some point swamp ass. Oh, you should not get oh. your ass in your bed. You yeah. just, it's supposed to be a if, sacred place. Well, how about this? If you went to the restroom, at some point in the day, you mean like took a number crap. one or number two, uh -huh. but mostly number two, then you should take a shower before you get in bed. Because you got agree that, with means, you more. that means shit crumbs could be like shit crumbs falling out and getting all over your bed. Okay, this episode has gone far <laughs> too deep on cleanliness. Right. So uh, I want to know, please leave a comment, send a DM, you know, leave a review and just let me know. We've you shower before you get in bed at night. H here's the thing. Let's just say that I went to the gym later. I came home at six o'clock. I took a shower. 
And then I still, I'm, I'm going to have dinner with my family. Don't go to bed till 10 o'clock. Do I get in the shower? Absolutely. You Every single rinse. time. You got to rinse. If I took a shower at nine o'clock and we watch TV for an hour or for two or whatever, before I get in my bed, I'm just going to wash my feet. Why? I've had slippers on. My floor is clean. But I need to feel a sense of cleanliness when I get into my sacred bed. For sure. 100%. So that's my gift to you. I don't know. Here's the thing, though. There are not dirty people. There are dirty parents parents who teach their kids how to be dirty. Just <laughs> so like there are no come. bad kids, there are parents who didn't instill, you know, boundaries and restrictions and structure in their kids. So now the kid's bad, but it's really coming from the parent. Yeah, because here's how I know that I'm I'm speaking the truth. Right. Every one of our kids from the time that they were little would come home from a sleepover and say, they didn't take a shower before they got in bed. <laughs> and they thought that I was weird because I asked to take a shower before I got in their bed or right. whatever, right? And so, yeah, I don't know. I'm, maybe we're the problem. Well, we then, slightly you know, we could have, be the our, problem. And our kids, if they have a sleepover and they have friends over, they force their friends to take showers right. before they share a bed or even a blow-up mattress. They're like, you should take a shower before you could. You, you well, know. there's one child in particular that's really ruthless and rude. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, you can't cannot get on my bed until you take a shower. Right. Yeah. But she loves this person. Yeah. Now we sound like a bunch of assholes. Yeah. So this is brought to you by Irish Spring. <laughs> um. <laughs> so I want to know, please leave a rating. Please leave a review. Let me know when you prefer to shower. Some people like to shower to start their day. I do too. Yep. But I also, my bed is sacred. And I think people are listening to this and, and if they don't do that, they're like, ah, you're, you're, you're messing with the oils and, of your body and the natural. Oh, we use a lot of lotion. Um, <laughs> a lot. And a lot of soap. And yeah. And then some people are going to say, well, that's wasteful. You're using a lot of water. No, it's not. <laughs> well, <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, you know, so people are going to say they're clean freaks. They're wasting water. That's what they could say. They could. And it, it, you, they would be wrong. But that's okay. And we don't judge you if you are a half a shower person a day, or maybe you just hit the hot spots and you actually don't shower, or maybe you shower every other day. We're not judging you. It's your parents' fault. Yeah, we're just kind of saying that's just nasty. And what else? But it's your parents' fault. <laughs> that's just nasty. <laughs> I mean, okay, this is really TMI, but if you don't shower before you get in bed and you have a partner, how do you plan on having sex? I don't know. Okay, no more. No more talking no about more. this. It's no making more. my mouth water. I, I want to move on. So today, you guys, we're going to be talking about apologies. <laughs> I want to apologize for the beginning part of this podcast. Um, right. But I'm sorry, not sorry. We are talking about apologies. Why? I mean, I have been majorly violated by some family members in the past <laughs> few weeks. Uh -huh. And I didn't get any apologies. And, well, I don't not think they only did I not get apologies, but they didn't see anything wrong with what they had done. There was just total disalignment. So I'm going to let that go because right. one of the things we talk about almost in every episode is like if you guys only knew what we want to talk to you about, but it would probably ruin all of our family relationships. Well, yeah. So yeah. I went without some apologies this week, um, but that's OK. I'm over it. Because I expect to not get an apology from right. these people. So let's let's break this down. So I, the reason why I think this is so important is because, uh, like I mentioned, you're not perfect. No one's perfect. Mm -hmm. And in our society, we've seen celebrities, we've seen politicians, we've seen public figures in sports and all these different individuals. Uh, we've seen people on social media, you know, different individuals in different industries make mistakes, especially in an environment where you say one thing and it spreads like wildfire because we have social media. And the key thing is, is that it's not that you made a mistake. It's really how you actually to come to terms to it with it, right? How you apologize, how you share with the world, how you feel about what you've done, and then how you go to make things better with the people that you've hurt. And what we found is that people don't do that very well, mm -hmm. right? And and we want to talk to you because we think that in your personal lives, maybe you have struggled with that, or maybe you have someone that's in your life that just can't seem to say sorry and mm -hmm. mean it. Or if it's a half-ass apology, like yeah. save that shit. Yeah. And we're going to talk about some of those things too, because I think it's, it's important that you identify it. I think it's important that you are aware of it in your own life so that you're not making half-ass apologies. And when you do make a mistake, and you will, 
you know how to make amends to it and, and come to terms and find some resolution. Right. So here's how we come up with the titles for the Push Podcast. We usually kind of throw some topics around and then, you know, I pick kind of holes at the topics. Well, who needs that? Who would listen to that? Why is that important? You know, what kind of tips are we going to give them? How do you apply this to your life? And that's how we pick a, a topic. Right. So all week you've been saying, I want to talk about like being sorry, like saying sorry. And I'm like, I want to know why. Like, are you trying to tell me that I owe you an apology? I don't think I wronged you in any way. Like, I don't know what your obsession is other than you've got Justin Bieber on repeat. So like, not sure why, but there's a few reasons why. Publicly, I mean, as content creators, as Mm -hmm. influencers, people who are putting and shipping our work out into the world, there's a chance that we may say something that's offensive that we may have to apologize for. We may have to apologize for wasting water when it comes to showers. Not sure. So let's talk about a couple of... Or just real quick, or you may be a business owner, just like you make your, your example with the restaurant, that... Your business has wronged someone or you've made a mistake that you have to come to terms with it and you have to apologize. And that apology may mean whether that person will come back to your business, how they would talk about your business to other people as you've done today on the podcast and online as well. Right. I'm going to tell you I'm a master apologizer when it comes to my business. Mm. And actually, we're in a season. We're in week six of an eight-week session of Passion to Profit. If you guys don't know what that is, go to JanelleCopeland.com. Look up Passion to Profit. It's our eight-week masterclass for small business owners. And we literally just had a lengthy discussion about people will come for you on Yelp. They're going to tell you that your cupcakes are dry. They're going to tell you they're not happy with you know, the woodwork that you did or the photos that you took or whatever, because that's what Yelp is for, right? right? And so the way that you process that and apologize for any wrongdoing is step one, like find the truth to it. Can you create some truth, the customer's truth, not your truth, right? Right. My cupcakes aren't dry. So then you get confrontational, you want to argue, own it, right? And so If you're a business owner and everything we talk about in this pertains to you and how you interact when you receive negative feedback, that's the importance of an apology. I will tell you, if you go read my Yelp, I am like, hey, we're going to own this. You know, we're happy to take care of you in the future. Here's why the policy is like this. I'm still so sorry that maybe we didn't explain that to you in the right way. Like, I'm very apologetic Mm -hmm. when it comes to stuff like that. So if you're a business owner, listen up. Also, listen up. If you are in a relationship, because I feel like one of the ways that we have made our marriage work for almost 17 years is we have one rule. And if you guys don't know what that is, I'm about to tell you, but you should go listen to any episode that we've ever talked about our relationship or our marriage. We've made one rule, one pact, and that is don't do or say anything to me that you'll have to apologize for later because that expresses, that shows a huge lack of control on your part. And let me give some more context to to that because it's not like we're not going to make mistakes and and inadvertently hurt each other. What what it was, was it was a pack that we made. It said, hey, I'm not going to deliberately do anything to try to hurt you and then use and and then turn around and try to apologize for mm-hmm. it. For example, if we got into a conversation where maybe we got passionate about our sides of whatever the argument may be, and then we start to disrespect each other because we get frustrated, mm-hmm. that's something that's just not allowed. Right. right? So- Here's the context, though. When we first got together, it was, what have you not liked in your relationships? What have I not liked? We both didn't like arguing. We didn't like the toxicity. And so what we agreed on is like, you can never control me and how I respond, how I react, and I can never control you. So let's make a deal for you to be in control all the time and for me to be responsible for controlling myself. Therefore, even if you make me angry, I still can exercise self-control, meaning I don't disrespect you, call you names, and say a bunch of shit that later I'll have to apologize for. The reason for that is because you can't change how something hurts you or makes you feel. Right, but also is an example of a lack of respect A lack of control. Uh, A lack of control, but also it doesn't speak to love, right? Right. If this is a person I love, which I do with all my heart. I love you too. Right? Even if I'm frustrated, 
There's no reason for me to deliberately try to hurt you with words mm -hmm. that I eventually will have to say, hey, I'm really sorry I said that. I didn't mean it. Then why the hell did you say it in the first place, right? right? And so this idea of saying things like, I, I said it, but I didn't really mean it. That is so that absurd you, to me. You weaponize language in a way where you try to harm someone, which is no different. Obviously, it's different, but could be viewed the same as physical mm -hmm. abuse, right? This happens in relationships and people in abusive relationships, like someone hits someone and they go, you know, I'm so sorry, to. I didn't mean it. I just was, you know, I, I was upset. I was upset. And you it's upset like, me. You upset me or this caused me as if that is the case. The right. reality is, is that you have a lack you of respect. You lost control. You tried to intimidate someone in a conversation, whether you tried to intimidate them with your words or you tried to intimidate them with your physical nature mm -hmm. to win whatever you felt was a battle that you needed to win. And that's not love, right? right? And that is a, a place where I just don't think there's room for in a relationship where you're trying to create a life. I don't think there's room for it in the sense that like you made me feel some type of way and now you want to sugarcoat it, pacify it, and you expect me to get over how right. it made me feel. And what people have to realize too is what is attractive about those relationships that are toxic, toxic is the contrast. Mm -hmm. Because what happens is someone becomes this really lovable person and that you love every aspect of who they are when they're lovable. And then they flip and then there's just evil person, mm -hmm. person. And that contrast in itself becomes this weird dynamic that you're that, attracted that to? people are attracted to. Ooh, it's fiery. Right. It's like, but it's also like, it's weird. But right. at the same time. Well, it deteriorates, I think, your relationship over time. Right. And the lack of respect that you show in the heat of the moment when you have to say things because they flew out of your mouth or the other person made you angry. I'm using air quotes, but that shit's stupid. So I'm just going to tell you, here's another what in the world. A couple things that you should not do when you're over 35. You ready? Okay. <laughs> over 35? That's you a very shouldn't, specific age. Yeah. Over 35, I think okay. you should not ask people to help you move. You should hire <laughs> movers. <laughs> Right? Okay. You right. should not ask people to watch your kids. You should have full-time like childcare for okay. your kids. And you should also not, you know, blame the fact that you got angry so you lost your temper. Yeah. Period. Three yeah. things. Yeah. So that's a post right there. Three things you should not do over the age of 35. <laughs> like those are all you you problems, not right. me problems. Don't bring this shit to my life. Right. Right? Right. Hope y'all are taking notes because <laughs> don't call and ask somebody to help you move. You should be able to afford movers at 35. Right. And, you know, what's interesting is that like... <laughs> movers <laughs> well here's the thing like that is probably like if someone asked me hey what are you doing on sunday i'm like what do you mean what am i doing on sunday because you immediately it's yeah, like, like it's a setup mm -hmm. especially if it's like my little brother my brother is. i'll is tell you what known, i don't want to do my, on he sunday is, he is known for creating traps right he's like hey he used to call randomly hey what are you doing friday night right uh what do you need <laughs> Like, you know, if I'm free, oh, you free Friday night? Can I? And you're like, oh my God, I should have said that I was right, you know, right, right, mowing right. the lawn or something. Can crazy. I drop off my two kids on Friday because I have an errand to run <laughs> for six hours? That, yeah. They may as well just spend the night with you. Is that okay? Because you said you were going to be home on Friday. Again, don't ask people to watch your kids. Right. Because you should have a full time. Oh, See, that yeah. sounds mean. No, yeah. that's I mean, not what I mean. You ask people to watch your kids. But you should have yeah. full time like, you know, hey, this is what we do when we need to go out. This is the babysitter I call. Right. This is the go to person that <laughs> my children are familiar <laughs> with. Like, you're not supposed to ask people to watch your kids. You're not supposed to ask people to move at all. <laughs> you hire movers. I'm we will not move. move. We're not going to move again unless we can hire movers. Oh, my Afford God. to hire movers. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's just, and if you're not there yet, it's life goals. I'm right. telling you, set the goal. But your friends, Janelle and Eddie, we love you. So those are things you're not supposed to do. So getting back to this episode and apologies. And we're talking public apologies for a second. So for those that don't know, our two younger daughters, Kayla and Kayla, who has just graduated from high school, studies uh, her and Jordan, the youngest one, they study theater, right? At a theater school, Kayla mm -hmm. just graduated. She's going to be attending a theater school in Scotland. You guys, she's moving to another country. Have we done a podcast on that? No. 
Oh my God, that that next next podcast, that's what we're talking about. Moving your kid to a school in another country. Right. So uh, we're into theater. Why? Because we have two actresses and we love musicals. And so we love In the Heights, Hamilton, Lin-Manuel Miranda is one of the best writer, producer, yeah. actor. Yeah, everything. Creator, right? Creator of amazing art. So Lin-Manuel Miranda wrote In the Heights, wrote tons of different Hamilton, music. Hamilton, right? Yeah, yeah. So recently In the Heights, for those of you that don't watch theater, you're not into this, In the Heights was released in movie theaters. Mm-hmm. And so we watched the movie and I'll just tell you, he's Puerto Rican in the Heights was about a neighborhood in New York that's of Latin descent. And so there's tons of Cubans, Dominicans, Puerto Ricans, like it's just such a lively musical. And we watched it just in so much admiration because you know, our kids are Hispanic and many of our friends are. And so just to see something that was specifically created for people of color, people of Latin descent was just so moving, right? right. We had many friends that are also into theater that were like, I'm watching this with my kids in tears because they can see that the entire movie is like made with people that look just like them. So it was very, very emotional and moving for us. Now, the following day, we see that Lin-Manuel Miranda, again, the director that created this entire basically like Latinx work of art, in our opinion, was being slammed by the Afro-Latino community, basically saying, hey, the characters that you depicted in your play, they didn't represent what they actually look like, where they come from, right? Right. Well, it was the the call was, hey, you know, for your lead characters, there wasn't representation of the Afro Latino community, right? Which the reason why that was so important is because a lot of the regions of the world that were represented: Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico. Cuba, mm-hmm. even Mexico, mm-hmm. um, and I think a couple other Latin communities that are in the Caribbean and mm-hmm. in South America were in that were represented in the Heights, right? right? But the shades of those different people from were those not very diverse. Way, wasn't necessarily diverse. They aired on the lighter side, right? right? So immediately we kind of said, like, God, that sucks, man. You know, this guy creates this entire amazing work of art that had us moved to tears because of the diversity. But now people are coming for him because there weren't enough blacker skinned people in darker, darker skin. skinned people in the roles, right? And so we had to say, okay, well, who's really upset about this? Well, right. those darker skinned people mm-hmm. so let's do a little bit of research so tell yeah. the people about the history and the so research when you that do you did. research and you look at the caribbean like you look at dominican republic you look at puerto rico you look at cuba you look at a lot of these places that are in the caribbean what you don't realize is that 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 in the diaspora of Africa, lots of lots of enslaved people landed in those areas, right. right? And so this is why in Puerto Rico, this is why in Cuba, this is why you see a lot of people who are very dark skin complected from those places. And so when you do the research, you know, especially for South America, Central America, and the Caribbean, four million enslaved people landed in those areas of the world, where only four hundred and about ninety four thousand enslaved people landed in the United States. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about 4 million versus four, almost 500,000. And you look at a, a movie like that and you go, oh, this yeah, makes sense. This makes They're sense. right. <laughs> there should have been some more. T- right. So the thing is, is Lin-Manuel Miranda could have been really upset. He could have been like, what are you talking about? Nothing I do is good enough right. for the community. Instead, I want to read to you specifically oh, what you his statement was. was. Like so he it. says, I started writing in the Heights because I didn't feel seen. And over the past 20 years, all I wanted was for us, all of us to feel seen. I'm seeing the discussion around Afro-Latino representation in our film this weekend. And it's clear that many in our dark-skinned Afro-Latino community don't feel sufficiently represented within it, particularly among the leading roles. I can hear the hurt and frustration over colorism of feeling still unseen in the feedback. I feel that without sufficient dark skin Afro-Latino representation, the work feels extractive of the community we wanted so much to represent with pride and joy. In trying to paint a mosaic of this community, we fell short. I am truly sorry. I'm learning from the feedback. Thank you for raising it. And I'm listening. I'm trying to hold space for both the incredible pride in the movie we have made and be accountable for our shortcomings. Mm. 
Thank you for your honest feedback. I promise to do better in my future projects and I'm dedicated to doing the learning and evolving we all have to do to make sure we are honoring our diverse and vibrant community. Done. I mean, yes, Lynn. So, so many things to depict there and we're going to kind of give you the formula for a really good apology, but like he did such an amazing job just saying like, I hear you, I see you, we fell short and I'm sorry. Done. Not, I spent 15 years writing this, you know, (laughs) there is no other Latino producer that's willing to cast an entire, you know, cast of 1500 people, all Latinx. Like he didn't say any of that. Right. And here's what's so incredible for that is because he could have went down the wrong path, which he didn't to say, hey, have you seen my work? Right. right? There is because no one Hamilton, else doing what I'm doing. Hamilton was like uh, like a lot of black, right? right? A lot of dark-skinned people mm-hmm. in it. And I'm sure in all the different versions of In the Heights on, while I was on stage, I'm sure that there were different um, mm-hmm. shades of, of, of individuals. Right. But he owned it, right? And so number one, when I when I was thinking, when I, you were reading that, mm-hmm. and if you're looking to say, hey, I need to be better at like making amends if, of like apologizing when I'm wrong. Number one is he knew what he was apologizing for. Mm. Mm-hmm. And he spelled it out, right? It wasn't just like, hey, I heard you guys. I'm sorry. Right. Right. It was, hey, I heard you. Right. And I uh, were apologizing because it was an extraction. It felt extractive. Like we pulled only specific people for this. Right. That's not what it was. But he didn't say he didn't get defensive and say that's not what it was. He says, I can see how it feels that way. Right. And we'll do better in future projects. Done. End of story. And then he said, I'm going to do something about it. Right. I'm going to do something about it in my next project. Right. right? So, so I'd say number two. So you said number one is know what you're apologizing for. Right. So if you're arguing with a spouse and they just say, I'm sorry, and they're saying, well, you know, I'm saying you disrespected me. I didn't like the way that, you know, you said that to me and you're like, "Okay, I'm sorry. Or I say, I'm sorry you feel that way. Oh, (laughs) that's such an asshole, like bitch move apology. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Your feelings are so sensitive and you felt that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're so sensitive. So know what you're apologizing for. You're apologizing because you hurt the person's feelings. Right. Right. And then I'd say number two is say, I'm sorry. Hmm. I'm sorry. Right. Not, I'm sorry, but you made me do it. I'm sorry, but we have tons of other representation. I'm sorry, but if you really knew what I was thinking, right? I'm sorry, but I had a bad day. Right. Oh, what? What? I'm sorry. Lack of control. My lack of control red light goes off and I'm like, oh, got to leave him. Right, right. So what's the next one? And so the big thing is, is also know that the person that you're apologizing to has the right to be upset. Mm, Good one. So if I have done something or if I have crossed the line, if I have whatever it is, intentionally or unintentional, right? And we're going to get into that too then I need to know that I may say sorry. I need to make sure I tell you what I'm sorry for because just the general, I am sorry, is mm-hmm. not enough. Right. You got to say, spell it out. But also I have to know that doesn't mean that you're just going to say, okay, I figured right. you're good. Like you have the right to be expressive of like a being still upset about it. Mm. Yeah. And people, I think sometimes think, get over it. I already apologize. Right. I mean, you could say I need some time, but yeah, if the person, here's what I have a problem with when people apologize for the wrong reasons. Oh, like, like I said, they don't know what they're apologizing. They just. <laughs> no, well, I'm apologizing because your feelings are hurt. Right. Right. Do you see my eyes rolling? Yeah. I'm apologizing because your feelings are hurt. Right. Isn't <laughs> right. that what you want? Right. And then when you go, I'm not ready to like accept your apology right now. Great. So you're going to hold on to this. You right. know what? You always act like then it's oh, like you completely it was, negate it the was, entire yeah, apology. Inauth- inauthentic for sure. It was conditional. Oh, okay. I'm apologizing to you on the condition with the terms that you accept my apology. And if you don't, I take fuck it back. you then. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, so this is a good example, right? And I don't know if we're going to out another person. Well, but, let's do uh, it. Um, drunk Drew, Drew from Drunk the- Drew from the party. So if you if you heard the episode where we talked about uh, the crazy party, uh-huh. uh, she when, you know, showed her face. That's the episode of when you outgrow your friends. Right, outgrow your friends. She apologized. 
my sister, I'm, I'm just going to tell you, I should read it, but she apologizes to my sister via text. She's been trying to call her for like two weeks now, right? This is, she got drunk at my sister's graduation she party. She disrespected family. her future mother-in-law. It was a shit show. Like go things listen you to, should apologize for. Yeah. Go listen to episode, I think it's 93 when you're outgrowing your friends. Mm-hmm. So then she's been apologized. She hasn't apologized, but today she finally tells my sister, I have reached out to you how many times, you know, you're going to throw away 20 three years of friendship over one bad decision, blah, 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 blah. And so my sister's like, I'm not throwing it away, but what you did is something like, I don't know that I can process right now. So time out. One, she never really apologized for the specific things she's oh, done. Oh, no. Right? So she broke all the rules of what we just gave you. Okay. She didn't know what she was apologizing for. She didn't say, I'm sorry. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> and then she didn't know that the person that she was apologizing to had the right to not accept her apology. Right. And then she was a s- selective of who she was targeting the apology for. Like, sh- like your sister wanted her to apologize specifically to her future mother-in-law. Mm-hmm. She refused to do that. Right. And then she apologized to you because of ignorance of thinking albinos were black and so she thought she was disrespecting your family right it's just stupid stupid. okay so so anyways she proceeds to tell my sister you know well i don't know what you want from me this and that my sister's like what i want for you to is to own your mistake right what i want for you is to apologize to my fiance's mom what i want for you to do and she goes tell me how did you respond, you know, back when we were 20 and you disrespected, you know, Justine's parent or something? And she was like, literally, are you kidding me? Right. You need help. You need a therapist. You right. need to like own this. Like, I can't even believe this. So like this, you guys, the story goes from, I'm sorry. I love you. We've been friends for 23 years. Can you forgive me? Blah, 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 blah. To my sister giving her a little like resistance. No, I'm not ready to accept your apology like because back. I don't think you understand understand what I'm asking you to apologize for. And Mm -hmm. I don't think you're owning your mistake. And then she basically is like, bitch, you need therapy. Yeah. Goes off on my sister. Do you remember when you did what I did? Do you remember? Because you're so perfect. Because this isn't this. You think you're my only friend. You're not. Like, it literally turned. And I was like, oh, that bitch is not sorry. And I hope people. She's not sorry. And I hope people are hearing this and not thinking, oh, wow, that's a really funny story. Or that's really entertaining. Or, oh, my God, I can't believe they do that. I hope you're thinking about the relationships that you may have mm-hmm. lost because of your inability to make an apology for something you've done. And maybe your pride has gotten in the way. Maybe you're sitting here thinking to yourself, well, they're just being sensitive or they can't handle it. You know, I was making a joke. And, you know, and we see this a lot when mm, it comes to. I cannot stand. I was just joking. Right. Well, your shit wasn't funny. Right. <laughs> or we see this when people make comments and they don't realize that the comment they made was racist. That's or the comment that, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or the comment that they made was insensitive to people that are different. Mm-hmm. And then they go, oh, I wasn't, my intentions weren't that I, I wasn't trying to be offensive. Right. right? Instead of like listening and say, hey, I don't really understand how I offended you. Can you please help me? I don't want to make that mistake again. And that's the kind of like thing that I think gets lost in all this is, is you have to have humility, mm-hmm. right? When we live in a society where everything is polarizing and you can be canceled really quickly, but but also there, you're, a lot of times you're canceled because you don't own it. Right. You don't say to yourself, hey, like Lin-Manuel said, hey, we fell short. Right. We will do better. We fell short. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's it. We're going to do better. And then I so one of the things I have is make a commitment to improve. Mm-hmm. Like if, if Drunk Drew would have said, hey... I'm really sorry that I disrespected your mother-in-law. I, you know, first thing is I drank too much mm-hmm. and I didn't respect the fact that this wasn't that type of party. Right. And I've learned from that. I've also learned that sometimes I, I have some things I need to do for myself mm-hmm. so that I'm not making stupid comments to people. Mm-hmm. And I'm really sorry. And here's what I'm doing. I'm actually trying to educate myself right. a little more because I find that I do have some racist tendencies. Oh, God. <laughs> so I'm actually going to do some things to help myself. But those are things that that's an apology. Right. Well, let me give you the steps again, just in yeah. case you missed them. So step number one, there are six of them. Step number one, know what you're apologizing for. Mm-hmm. I'm apologizing because I disrespected my best friend of 23 years. And, you know, I shouldn't have acted like that. She's yeah. hurt. 
right? right? Number two, say you're sorry. Not, I'm sorry, but you overreacted. I'm sorry, but she was rude to me. I'm sorry, you're upset, but like that, just say I'm sorry. Right. It doesn't need an explanation, right? Number three, know that the person that you're apologizing to has the right to be upset, 100%. especially if she's crying at her own party. Right. My sister, okay? Number four, own the mistake, admit that you're wrong. So it's important to show the other person that you're willing to take ownership, mm-hmm. own it. Like, God, I really just didn't understand how badly that was going to hurt you. I totally am acknowledging right. it. I did that. I'm to blame. You know, I drank too much. Own the mistake. Ask for forgiveness is number five. Okay. Can you forgive me? Yes. So I owned it. I apologized. <laughs> I went through all of the steps. And I'm just asking you, will you ever be able to forgive me? Right. Because then I have the opportunity to say, you know what? I need some time. Okay. Okay. Well, you have the right to be upset. I'm reiterating, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you have the right to be upset. I know that I let you down. And step number six, learn the lesson, make a commitment to improve. Yeah, I love it. So yes, you can have some time. I understand how disappointed you might be in me right now. I definitely have learned a really hard lesson and I'm promising that I'm going to get better. Yeah, and I'm going to get better by doing this, this, and this. Like, I You're think right, I do need therapy. I need some therapy, <laughs> right? I'm going to I'm gonna really, I'm going to cut back on drinking. Right. Whatever the thing is that I think that you need to you do, but I think that that's, that's super important. But I also, I wanted to just really quick a number, I think it was number five you had, mm-hmm. owning it. This one, I think, is you got to be really specific because when you're saying you own it, you own all of it. Right. Right. And so you can't own it and then use an external factor as an excuse. Like, hey, I know I was late for the 17th time to pick up the kids, but I'm so sorry, but it was traffic. Right. That's a lie. Right. Are we talking about lying now? No, (laughs) I'm just saying even if there was traffic. Right. You have to own it and say, hey, you know, I got to do a better time with my time management. I didn't right. give myself enough time. It wasn't the just traffic. In case there was traffic. Right. I didn't give myself enough time to do those things. Next time I'll plan a little bit better. But so many people, you know, that we interact with, they're victims. You mm-hmm. know, I couldn't have been on time. There was a ton of traffic. You think I can foresee accidents? No. But if it were as important to you, you would have left with some extra time to spare, knowing that we live in Los Angeles and there's probably going to be traffic, right? right. So instead, now you're right. You're late for the 17th time. This is a pattern. Right. A hundred percent. And also add to that, that your intentions don't matter. Right, never. Say that right? again for your, the people. Your intentions don't matter. So you can't, it doesn't make an excuse to say that you weren't intending to hurt someone, right. that you weren't intending to make a mistake. Like when you say, oh, I'm so sorry, it wasn't my intention to do that. I don't care what your intentions are. Right. I don't know what your intentions are. I'm not a mind reader. I have no clue what your intentions I are. I only know how I just know your feel. behavior was not in line with your attention. So right. I don't know about you, but so, and I think people try to use it as a scapegoat. Oh, for sure. I mean, that has happened with many people that I know, many people that I love. I'm like, hey, you know, the way you came off, that was really rude. Well, I didn't mean to. Yeah. Like, um. Okay. Well, you did. So well, that wasn't you? my intention. Maybe you took it wrong. That's like a me problem. No, I think in the future, like if you talk to anyone else like this, that's out of pocket. Right, like they're right. going to have a problem. So say sorry, like own it. Well, you're sensitive, which I'm not using me as an example, but that has happened many times before where you're like, hey, that wasn't really called for. Well, I didn't mean to. You took it that way. Right. And I think when you're in those situations where you really don't know what you did, then you need to ask. Ask. You need to say, hey. What did I do specifically that hurt you? How could I have said it differently? Like, you know, that's you acknowledging that there's a lesson here that I need to learn because I'm humble enough to take it. And that's where people get lost is that they don't, they're not humble enough because the hardest thing to do for anyone is to say you're wrong. Right. Right. And then especially if someone gets you like emotionally charged, then you want to dig your heels in the ground and then you double down. Like we know people who they're wrong in order to be right. They like double down on wrong. Right. Right. They try, like, it's, it's ridiculous. Like this, they lie on top of the lie. Right. Right. And so that I think that's or blame you, other people. hundred percent. I can't stand it. I hate liars. And then also just last thing I'll say this before you get to, the, I know you're going to talk about this is that the apology is the beginning, not the end. Right. And so you need to continue. If you made a mistake or if you hurt someone, if you've done something, then I think you need to know that just because you apologize, it's not that it's over. Mm-hmm. Right. You're probably going to have to do some work 
to kind of mend things and make amends long term. Otherwise, it's inauthentic in itself, mm-hmm. right? And as you, I fall hate short. when people like apologize and then like let's say they do it again, and you're like, "Hey, I thought the last time this happened, like you apologized, you were remorseful," and they're like, "Oh, now you're bringing up old shit." <laughs> no, I'm not bringing up old shit. You have a pattern, sir. <laughs> like that, that's a you problem, not a me problem. Right. As you can tell, like we don't like manipulation. Right, right. <laughs> like don't try to manipulate it. Just own it and step into it. So I want to know in the comments, you can leave a comment, you can reply, you can Instagram us, you can leave a review, but I want to know, does this help you become a better apologizer? Right. Because you may be the problem. You may be defensive when you're apologizing. You may feel like you're always misunderstood. Mm. You may feel like people are not hearing the words that are coming out of your mouth. And really, you may be the problem. Right. And that's okay. That's why we're here giving you these six tips, right? So definitely go to JanelleCopeland.com and click on episode number 95 so that way you can get the step-by-step instructions on how to better (laughs) apologize. And then lastly, I want to leave you with this. If you made it this far, I just want to thank you so much. We are in episode 95. We're ramping up to hit the big, solid three-digit number of 100 episodes under our belt. Very proud of you. you. And we have been telling you for the last uh, five episodes that if you take the time to leave us a review, let us know what you like about the podcast. Let us know how we can serve you, what topics that you want. We will be happy to send you a free pusher t-shirt. And so... I want to shout out Matei2301. She's got a five-star rating for us. She said, so far I've listened to about four of their most recent podcast episodes and all of them have been super inspirational. This couple is so humble and relatable. It's easy to soak up their advice and use a lot of what they're saying in my own life, both professional and at home. Love it. Thank you so much. Listening these two on my way to work and back home literally can't wait to get back in my car for most of the for the most recent episode about how it's okay to outgrow relationships enjoy thank you so much you've got a shirt coming your way next one is share janelle and eddie are always on point episode 93 was so real i have been on a friend and family audit for a minute i love it and this episode helped reassure me that's necessary to reevaluate who i keep pushing with love it you guys are awesome i look forward to listening to anything that y'all have to share thanks you to dream team love that thank you so much share and then lastly we have divinely dulce i love eddie and janelle i have been a member of cake sense on facebook and also have listened to their podcast for at least a year janelle is a boss lady who keeps it real and eddie has a wonderful view of the world that i love i always learn something from the podcast and send episodes to others that need to learn the lessons oh, that's awesome the copeland speak the hard truth that can be hard to hear but you need to listen They make it fun. I have busted my butt for eight years in my bakery, and now I am at a place where I need to plan how I'm going to take it to the next level. This podcast gives me all of the inspiration and drive to push myself. Thank you, Janelle and Eddie. Love it, love it, love it. That's awesome. Lastly, I'm sorry, Amish Grandma. What a cool name. Thank you, Janelle and Eddie. You two are goals. Thank you. I'm so thankful we connected when we did, and I can't get enough of you two. So here's the thing. I'm not reading these because I think that... We're awesome. I'm reading these because it is good validation to know that the time that we put into this, also the money that we put into producing these podcast episodes really, truly help you. Again, the episodes are created out of the things that we are not only going through and experiencing, but the lessons that we're extracting from these learnings to help share how we can all be better humans. So thank you guys so much. Continue to push through and please go leave a rating and a review so we can send you a t-shirt. We're gearing up for episode 100. Thanks so much. And make sure you say sorry, right, (laughs) properly. Bye. Talk to you later. Thank you for listening to the Push Podcast. Hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review, leave your handle. And until next time, push through.